Podcast Answer Man, episode number 309. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. Dan Meller here from 48 Days Online Radio. You're listening to the Warren Buffett of podcasting. Cliff understands the wealth of podcasting and is without question the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, (laughs) there's something we can all do to take our show and everything else we do in life to the next level. Oh, that's right, my friends, and today I have another full-featured episode planned out in advance using that Scapple app that I talked about last week. Absolutely loving how this actually works with the way my mind works in outlining uh, the episode. I will tell you that um, I made a big deal about the fact that I want to get to the place where maybe one day I'll, I'll maybe have one central theme, one subject matter for an episode, and I'll score the entire thing. Or if I have multiple segments, which I am going to go to today because I'm going to cover several questions and share a couple different items with you, I figured, you know, maybe I'll actually take the time to use my communication skills, the score method to score my responses. Well, my friends, not today, not in this episode. It's going to be very much like uh, many of my other episodes in the past. Although the outline should keep me more clear, focused, and to the point, and I am delighted to tell you right now what's coming up in this episode. Real briefly, I'm going to answer the question from Dave Dufour, what day of the week is the best day for releasing a podcast? I'll share my thoughts on that. Jackie uh, called in to ask, is it okay to tag our MP3 files with iTunes? Uh, got a little bit of a debate going on online whether or not they should use uh, the ID3 editing software that I suggested or uh, is iTunes good enough. And then, of course, I came across Dale Scriven on Twitter, and he sent me an app message saying, do you have a podcast episode about mic flags? And I told him, I said, we will this week, episode number 309, check it out. So we're going to talk about mic flags, what they are, where you can get them, all that good stuff, and about how much you'd pay. And also, I'm going to tell you how Ijama Aleazu discovered podcasting. It's a story you'll want to hear. And not only that, I'm going to share with you another technology tip, another resource, if you will, an application that is helping me stay completely focused and on the task at hand. That, my friends, is what's coming up in this episode, and I want to kick things off with my personal plug of the week this week, going out to Robert Kibbe, who happens to be a member of the Podcast Mastermind and also the founder of the Muscle Car Place Podcast Network. It's the Muscle Car Place Podcast Network. Now, if you go over to musclecarplace.com, you will see that he has an entire network of shows 
that are devoted to people who are muscle car enthusiasts. Now, I am not a muscle car enthusiast. As far as I'm concerned, as long as a car has four wheels and it goes in a forward motion, uh, usually having the ability to go in a reverse motion is is good to have from time to time as well, Then, then it's a car. It'll get me there. However, I know many of you out there, several of you, are really into cars, and that's great. That's wonderful. And if you happen to be into muscle cars, you definitely got to check out the Muscle Car Place Podcast Network. Now, if you're not into muscle cars, which I'm not, you may still want to check out the themusclecarplace.com. Why is that? Because, well, if you are creating content to help promote um, your area of interest, your passion, your brand, your love for any particular niche industry or field or topic, well, Robert's doing a great job of building an awareness and a brand using podcasting to build something that uh, supports his desire to devote his life to nothing more than muscle cars. And he's doing a wonderful job with it. He's been doing this for many years and uh, certainly suggest that you check him out for some inspiration in that area. Now, because he's a member of the Podcast Mastermind, uh, I make it a point to, even if, if even if they create podcasts where it's not a particularly a subject that I'm passionate about, I do often uh, check in from time to time, listen to an episode here and there. And I was recently flying to Orlando for the Squirt Conference, and I listened to an episode of Robert's Muscle Car Place podcast where he interviewed somebody who has an auto parts store that I think focuses on Mopar parts. Um, anyway, I, I have no passion for muscle cars whatsoever, but I did listen to that episode and I enjoyed it. And what I enjoyed it, I think, is the fact that the, both of these guys spoke about what they were doing with great passion and enthusiasm. You can tell that they love what they're doing. You know, they're they're literally making a career out of what motivates them, what gives them a sense of purpose and, and a sense of fulfillment in life. And that's why this week, my personal plug of the week is Robert Kibbe's MuscleCarsPlace.com. Again, MuscleCarsPlace.com. If you go and check it out and you uh, like it, make sure to give him a five-star rating review in iTunes. And, of course, let him know that you heard about him from the Podcast Answer Man. All right, let's turn over to the voicemail feedback hotline for our first topic of the day, and this comes from Dave DeFore, who asks this question. Hi, this is Dave DeFore with Theater Geeks and Creative License Podcasts. i am uh, got a question for the podcast answer, man. I'd like to know your impressions, Cliff, about uh, day of the week to release your podcast. I'm looking at moving my podcasts to weekly because I know that that builds audience maybe a little faster if you have more content it tends to get discovered more easily etc etc and uh, I wondered if you had any feelings on day of the week I know that you release a lot of yours on Thursdays but uh, when's the uh, best day for anybody to kind of avoid the rush so to speak or does it really make any difference what do you think thanks cliff all right dave i'm so glad that your question is do you have any feelings and what do you think because yes i do have feelings about this topic and i do give some thought to it however i want to start things off by telling you that i have absolutely zero research 
on which day is the best. As far as when it comes to an- studying analytics and doing split testings between, you know, looking at releasing it for three months on a certain day and then, you know, taking it and switching the day and 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 following up. And I, I've never done any of that. Uh, I've kind of just relied on a little bit of intuition uh, and and the way that I kind of feel about what might work and based upon the experience that I've had since, oh, going back to December 2005. So one of my favorite things about podcasting is the fact that it's time shifted. This means that it doesn't really matter ultimately what day you release your show as your subscriber. I can listen to it whenever I want. Now, the thing is, though, is that for me to be able to listen to it when I want, it it does actually depend upon whether or not you generated or published the the content for me to listen to. And so if I'm used to getting your show on a weekly basis, when you decide to put it out on, let's say, say Tuesday, well, as long as it's there on Tuesday, if I want to listen to it on Thursday, that's fine. If I want to listen to it on the weekend, uh, that's fine too. Uh, so really, the, the fact that it's time shifted means that it doesn't necessarily matter when you put it out. But honestly, I do feel that there are some days that are better than others. And in fact, I'm going to give you four days that I would consider to be the best days to release a podcast, and I'll give you the reasons why. Wow, that almost sounded like a score thing, didn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, the first one, the first day that you could release your podcast is on Friday. You know, Rebecca Black, Friday, Friday, got to get down on Friday. So anyway, uh, you got to publish on Friday, release those episodes, and you will allow your content to be consumed by all of those people that are going to go out and do their weekend things, their weekend routine. So having your episode, let's say, on your website or in your RSS feed by noon Eastern time on Wednesday, that gives most people the ability to download, sync, and take that content with them before they leave for a weekend road trip or a weekend trip where they have to go fly somewhere and stuff like that. So having it by Friday, um, it, it gives those weekend listeners, those weekend subscribers, the chance to get, grab your content right before they go and and do their weekend things. Now, the next best day, I think, in my opinion, is Thursday. Because not only do you have the weekend benefit, but it also allows for those three-day weekends. You don't have to worry about sometimes where people take uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off because of a holiday. Those people who are going to grab the content and go... Um, you know, they, a lot of times if they're, you know, they went on a trip and took that Friday to leave early, oftentimes they've already grabbed whatever content they could get and they may put off your content until the following week or when they get back or whatever. So that's another thought Thursday. That's when I try to release my episodes. And, um, yeah, so Thursday is, I believe the second best option. Now I try to do the Thursdays, but sometimes I don't get out there until Friday at noon. Although, from this point forward, I'm trying to remain more consistent. Let me give you the third uh, day that you could uh, release your podcast on. It is Sunday. And the reason why I like Sunday is because it allows uh, your content to be consumed 
the first part of the week. You know, people come into the office or wake up on Monday morning. It's like, hey, what am I going to do on my drive to work? It's the first commute day of the work week. And they wake up that morning. They say, okay, what am I going to listen to? Boom, brand new, fresh, hot off the RSS feed episode of so-and-so's podcast. Wow, this is the way I want to start my week. This is going to give me that motivation that I need. And so knowing that your content was just released Sunday, uh, during the day, during the evening, whatever the case may be, when they wake up Monday morning, that fresh, hot new content is right there giving them the start to the week that they need. I really like the idea of a Sunday release for that reason. And then, of course, there is the midday release, the Wednesday. You know, this is that midweek pick-me-up. Man, this week has already taken a toll on me. I sure could use a little hope and and encouragement and motivation in my life. And every Wednesday, I know I can count on, insert the name of your, insert your name there, and, uh, you know, you'll be that midweek pick-me-up. I believe Dan Miller, actually, no, Dan's actually releasing his on Fridays. Uh, He just produces it and records it on Wednesday. And that's the other thing. You can record these episodes whenever it's convenient for you, and you can choose to release them you know, the the same day you record, the next day, or whatever. So when it comes to what day of the week is best for releasing a podcast, I don't think there really is one that's better than the other. I do like Fridays, Thursdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays. Um, Those tend to stick out in my mind. However, whatever you choose to do, my one recommendation is remain consistent. Be reliable. Uh, be dependable, be, be that podcast uh, producer where your subscribers can say, I know without fail, every insert day of the week, I can load up my application for podcasts and know there'll be something there for me. All right, Dave, I hope that helps you out, my friend, and uh, thank you very much for the question. We're going to go back to the voicemail feedback hotline now, and uh, we've got another question here from Jackie. Jackie, take it away. Hey Cliff, my name is Jackie Almer and I'm calling from Lake Arrowhead, California. Love your show, have learned so much from it and just wanted to ask a question regarding your How to Get Started podcasting uh, series that you recorded some time back. We've got quite a quite a debate, not a debate, but a question going on over at Michael Hyatt's Platform University regarding the ID3 tagging for um, our podcast. I know on your uh, on that initial set of videos, you talk about using something besides just iTunes to make sure that older players and everybody else picks it up. And I'm wondering if that's still true. There's been some debate that that's no longer the case. That iTunes now can be used for all of it. So, just wondering what your feedback is on that. If that's still the case, do we still need to use? I think it's PA-Software. Dot com is the site you recommend, um, or are we okay just going with iTunes? Thanks so much. Have a great day. All right, Jackie, thank you for the question um, about ID3 tagging. Now, for those of you who are not sure what this is, uh, tagging your MP3 files is a step that many podcasters overlook when they get started. In fact, if you go to learnhowtopodcast.com, again, that's learnhowtopodcast.com, Dot com, you will be taken to my free tutorial on podcasting and video number two of eight is fully devoted to this idea of tagging your MP3 files. I explain 
exactly what it is and how to do it using a specific uh, software tool. It's called the ID3 Editor from PA-Software, and you can find it at PA-Software.com. It's $15. And in that tutorial, I actually recommend that you should use this software instead of iTunes to tag your software because, or to tag your MP3 files to put your artwork into your show. Of course, there are other tags as far as your title and and your genre and your artist and album names and stuff like that. Uh, iTunes has always worked great for that. But the thing is, is that iTunes ha- is known for using a specific tag for their artwork, for their cover art. And not all devices out there are able to read that tag. They don't look for that tag when it comes to reading an R, uh, an ID3 tag. Now, if you go and look at the application for podcasts today on the iPhone, it's different uh, than what it used to be. In fact, it used to be that your MP3 files would download into your iTunes desktop application and then it would sync over to your music library or your music application on your iPhone, and it would read all of the metadata directly from the MP3 file itself. And so it would show you the artwork. If you had lyrics in there, it would actually show the message that you put into the lyrics. It was awesome. I absolutely loved it when it did this. However, today... Um, it no longer does that. The podcasts app came out from Apple, and as a result, um, they took that functionality of uh, having the podcast inside the music app away. And now, when the Apple Podcasts app downloads your MP3 file, it's no longer reading the tags from the MP3 file itself. It's getting all of its information from the RSS feed. So whatever album artwork you have in your RSS feed, that's what artwork is going to show up on your uh, device. So it's possible for you to have an MP3 file that you recorded to do absolutely absolutely zero tagging on it, upload it to your media host, and put it in your RSS feed. And as long as your RSS feed has an image and your episode you know, has a post with a title and a description, All of that information will still show up in the Apple Podcasts application today. And this is actually true of many of the other podcasting apps out there. Um, I don't have all the specifics of which ones do and which ones don't, but I think a majority of them now actually display just one piece of artwork for any episode that you have, and that artwork is coming from your RSS feed. So it's not as prevalent today as it was in the past. However, if I was to download your MP3 file and then play it on uh, preview on my Mac or some other media player out there, if they have the ability to display artwork, uh, if your file is tagged, I see your artwork. If your file is not tagged, I do not see your artwork. And so I still think it's important to tag our stuff here today. The other thing is, is it's been years since I've listened to a podcast or played a podcast on anything other than an Apple device. And I think it's very easy for us, uh, for me anyway, to assume that everybody else out there is like me, that everybody's made the switch, everybody's made the conversion. But I'm surprised that even in the tech circles that I hang out in, 
when I go to conferences and stuff, I still see some people with some rather older devices out there. And so it is very possible that some folks still use devices that don't actually know how to read your artwork. Now, you know, are those becoming fewer and much further between? Absolutely. Hands down. And so as far as this debate that's going on over there in Michael's uh, platform university, this is what I would say. In the past, maybe three years ago, before the, you know, the, the smartphone applications really started to to become the prevalent way or the prominent way that people would subscribe to your podcast, I would say that tagging your MP3 file and actually tagging it, tagging it with something other than iTunes was extremely important. As far as on an important scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most important, I would say it was a 10. I Absolutely, hands down, I think that you, three years ago, you would have run the potential of actually kind of looking like an amateur as if you didn't know what you were doing if you did not have your mp3 artwork there on a scale of 1 to 10 today i would say on on an important scale i would say today it's about a 3 or a 4 honestly a 3 or a 4 i'd say that that probably 70% of the people that will subscribe to and listen to your content have no idea what artwork or what tags you actually put on the mp3 file themselves now, for me personally, I still use ID3 Tag Editor because I do know that those older devices are out there, those older web player or media players are out there, and I like to have my artwork there for everyone. So the question is, can I use iTunes? Absolutely. Go ahead and give it a try. Do it for a while and listen for feedback. See if anybody says, hey, you know, I was listening to your show and it seems like everybody has artwork except for yours. But don't worry, the most important thing for your artwork is your RSS feed, making sure you have that 1400 by 1400 pixel artwork. Of course, that's the standard today, May 23rd, 2013. Uh, But anyway, as long as you have your 1400 by 1400 podcast artwork in your RSS feed, that is the number 10. That is the most essential, the most important thing. So Jackie, I hope this answers the question for you. And I really appreciate you calling that in here for Podcast Answer Man. All right, the next topic that I have on my list is a tweet that I got from Dale Scriven, a.k.a. Mind Fizzle on Twitter. He asks me, uh, do you have a podcast episode that talks about mic flags? He says that he has seen my mic flag and he really likes how it looks, so told him that I would talk about that here in episode 309, and if you want to see, actually, first of all, what is a mic flag anyway? Um, a mic flag is a, um, a a block, if you will. Sometimes it's a cube, sometimes it's a rectangle, sometimes it's a triangle. Um, but anyway, it's it's that little piece of advertising or artwork that that surrounds your microphone. Like if you've ever seen an interview with your local news and they're on location and they're holding a handheld microphone, which by the way is usually an RE, an ElectroVoice RE50B microphone. But uh, they have the interview microphone right there in their hand and then right above their hand and below the head of the microphone is a little uh, rectangle or square thing that actually has the logo of the news station. It might have like WLWT or Channel 5 or might have the NBC logo or whatever the case may be. So that's what a mic flag is. 
And if you uh, want to, you can actually see my mic flag over at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Now, you don't have it. Mic flags aren't only for the handheld microphones. They can be for the microphone that you might have on your boom mic arm and stuff like that. And you can see mine uh, in that picture on uh, podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Now, where did I get my mic flag? Uh, There are a lot of places that you can get them. uh, But the place where I purchased mine is at a company called impactpbs.com. Impactpbs.com. That's I am as in Mary, P-A-C-T-P-B-S, Paul Ball, Paul uh, Brown Sally. How's that? <clears throat> anyway, impactpbs.com. By the way, um, I, I, I'm sure that Ellen will probably come by and listen to this later. Make sure that if you order through her that you tell Ellen I say hello. And whatever you do, don't judge the look of their website um, You know, as far as what you think you might get as a result uh, with the mic flag that you get. Um, I, you know, I, not to say anything negative about their website, but uh, trust me, their 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 mic flags look amazing. And the cool thing is, is that with Impact PBS, if you want, you can order just one single mic flag. You don't have any minimum quantity order or anything like that. If you have logo for your podcast, you can send that over to them, and uh, Ellen will actually find a way to make that look and fit on a on a mic flag for you. She'll give you some visual proofs for you to approve before she creates it. Usually takes, if I have to guess, I think it's maybe a week to a week and a half uh, to, to get everything from them. And I know that the last time I ordered mic flags, I ordered three of them and uh, they were $53 each with $8 shipping and handling. So, very affordable, very nice looking mic flags. And uh, so, Dale, that's where I got my mic flag over at impactpbs.com. Again, if you guys, I, I know just by mentioning this, a lot of you are going to go over there. I do not get an affiliate commission or anything like that from them, but uh, they do great work and have wonderful customer service. And again, please do tell Helen that Cliff from Podcast Answer Man says hello. All right. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is how. Uh, Ijama Aleazu discovered podcasting. Now, back in episode number 266, which, by the way, was June of last year, 2012, I announced that Apple had released a dedicated iOS application for podcasts. And I was very excited about this news. However, many podcasters out there were very upset. They thought that maybe Apple was losing its focus on podcasting, which I think uh, has been proven to be not the case, and instead I've seen them doing some wonderful things in the area of podcasting, which is really cool. But they were upset because podcasting was going to be taken out of the music application, which was something that, you know, honestly, I believe that podcasting was kind of hidden in the music application, but it was there, and the music app is something that is installed by default and cannot be deleted from any iOS device. So they were upset that the fact that it was, you know, now something that is an optional application that could be added. But I argued that this was still a great thing because as soon as you buy an iOS device, the very, <laughs> that noise I'm going to explain in just a moment, but uh, as soon as you buy an iOS device, the very first thing that you get is a message that says, hey, you should download these, I think it's five or six apps or whatever, and the I, 
the iBooks application is there and I think the iTunes University app is there the app th- there are a couple other ones and the podcasting app is one of those things that's recommended and it's one click of the button and boom it installs all of the applications including the Apple podcasts app all right so um, anyway with the Apple podcasting app I, I said that this is good news this is something that I'm really excited about. I believe that because it's not just something that's included automatically, because people are being suggested to include this, that I, I think it's going to actually add a lot of new exposure for podcasting. Well, I just launched a podcasting A to Z session. I have 16 students in my session and absolutely loving it. We just started on Monday. Today's Thursday, and we're having a great, wonderful time. And I got an introduction from Ijama Aleazu. And I wanted to read to you her introduction about how she discovered podcasts. And this is what she wrote. She says, I discovered podcasts when I finally figured out what that funny looking new app on my iPhone was. And after discovering the vast array of program options that were available in the iTunes store, I have never looked back to terrestrial radio again. Okay, maybe once or twice. After listening to the numerous shows on entrepreneurship, podcasting, blogging, etc., and getting a text message from AT&T informing me that I had reached three gigabytes of downloads for the month and was now in the top 5% of data users in the network, at least for the month, and that they were going to slow down my download and processing speeds till next billing cycle, I knew that I was on to something great. I am thrilled to be a part of this podcasting A to Z course and to learn how to create my own, hopefully successful, podcasts. So there you go. So this is less than one year after the launch of the official Apple Podcasts app This person, Ijama Eleazu, had never heard, she had never heard of podcasting before this until she found that funny-looking icon on her phone and decided to check it out. And less than one year later, she not only loves podcasting, but has paid admission to the podcasting A to Z course. She is investing in creating a podcast to help her get her message, her passion out there into the world. And so I just thought that was an interesting story, a little follow-up of the switch over to the Apple uh, Podcasts app. And yes, people are discovering podcasting every single day just because they've purchased a brand new iOS device and that it's been recommended that they should download those applications. So very, very cool stuff. Hey, I'm going to tell you about another application that I've been using that uh, has helped me keep myself focused and on track. But before I do that, I'm going to grab myself a drink here in the studio and I'm going to play this little tiny commercial for you. Podcast Answer Man presents an exclusive audio branding package for podcasters where voiceovers, audio producers, singers and musicians bring together their knowledge and talent to you. 
Get a one-hour web meeting with an audio branding specialist to discuss your podcast's exact audio needs. A professional intro and outro for your podcast. Plus, three jingles that you can use to transition between segments. Introduce interviews, features, and more. And more. The Podcast Answer Man audio branding package from just $449. Exclusively at podcastanswerman.com slash audio. Alrighty, I am back. Hey folks, you know, I am an organizational freak. Some of you know this about me. I am always changing the way that I organize my life, my task lists. I mean, people often ask me, Cliff, can you tell me what you're doing? How you're what what tools you use to create your uh, show notes to to prepare for your show? How do you do your show prep? And you know, I'll do a tutorial on it, and three months later, it's completely changed. I, I'm using something completely different. Last week I told you about Scapple, and I'm I used it last week. I'm using it this week. I'm going to continue to use it until I find something new. That's just how I am. I know that about me. Also, I'm addicted to inbox zero. You know, this idea of always being on top of things. You know, my in my email inbox is like a to-do list for me, and I always want to make sure that I'm not letting people down when it comes to what you know expectations. They have of of me responding to them, and actually, a majority of my communication is done through email. I prefer that. I don't answer telephone calls unless the caller ID shows that it's a family member, or if it is actually ringing at a time when I'm expecting a scheduled phone call. Outside of that, you'll never catch me answering my phone. So, oh well, there is one other one. If my assistant calls, then I she's her caller ID will pull up as well. But outside of that, not answering the phone. So I, I'm addicted to inbox zero. I'm addicted to making sure that I respond to every message that I can and or that's necessary. And and I if you email me, I do respond. But you know, I sometimes I get overwhelmed. I get between a forty to a hundred plus emails in a single day. Um one thing that I have done to to help alleviate some of the issues of of how do I actually get to that inbox zero. I've become an expert at saying no. You know, I absolutely I can tell you no in a heartbeat and not feel bad about it. And you know, I've learned the art of saying no in a compassionate way. Uh, for example, if you were to say, "Cliff, I'd like to um, see if I can talk to you on the phone for about twenty minutes," I just have one quick question. The answer is no. I, I I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, but what I do is, is I found a way to communicate it. You know, unfortunately due to my commitments that I have right now, I'm not available for one-on-one consulting, but I have created a referral network of hand-picked, hand-selected consultants that I work with and that I trust. I've looked at the question that you have and I'm confident they can help you. And here's what their rates typically are. If you would like, I would be happy to refer you to them. And so that's my no. I mean, it's not just like, no, sorry, I can't help you. But I have, I've become an expert at saying no. And I, I've been, it's easy to, to become an expert at saying no when you have clearly outlined what your priorities are. What are the things that you will say yes to? What are the things that you should be saying yes to in your business? And so I have clearly outlined all of my business priorities. Matter of fact, I will tell you right now. In fact, if, if you want a little insight into Podcast Answer Man, I'm gonna turn around Look at my whiteboard here, and I will tell you what my top seven priorities are. And, I, and I'll even tell you what my number eight, my eighth priority is, and it's not written down on my board. So number one, podcast mastermind. The podcast mastermind 
is my number one business priority. Number two, my four-week podcasting A to Z online training course. You know, during the four weeks that I'm doing the course, answering questions, making sure that the content is there and that, uh, you know, spending time creating, updating content, all of that stuff is very important to me. Uh, And during those four weeks, they get all of my attention, them and the members of the Podcast Mastermind, of course, because that's number one on my priority list. Um, And then when it's not, when I'm actually outside of my podcasting A to Z course, um, I'm still thinking about, okay, how do I market this? How How do I scale it? How do I create new tutorials? What new tutorials? All of those things. So number one priority, Podcast Mastermind. Number two, podcasting A to Z. Number three, digital products. You know, some of these tutorials that I'm creating for podcasting A to Z, can they be one-off tutorials that I might be able to to make for people to buy individually? Um, So creating new digital products is very important for me. And when I create a new digital product for individual use, I always add that as an additional benefit to signing up for podcasting A to Z as well. So it kind of works within the, you know, the number two priority anyway. So number three on the priority list is creating new digital products. Number four uh, priority is is doing what I can to uh, generate affiliate commissions. And these are basically extremely passive income. So when I say, folks, thank you for signing up for Bluehost. And if you want to get my thoughts on hosting, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And just so you know, if you sign up for an account with Bluehost to host your website, I do get a very generous commission. And many people respond to that. And as a result, on a monthly basis, I get a check from Bluehost. And there are several other affiliates that I have. And so my number four priority is making sure that I'm you know, communicating the benefits of these products and services that I believe in. And also, you know, number four on the priority of, of affiliate commissions is how, you know, am, I'm on the lookout of, you know, are there other affiliate programs that I should be involved in? And certainly, you know, I only suggest things that I know for a fact that people need or will help them and be beneficial. All right, number five on my priority list is referral commissions. This is my, you know, I, I don't do one-on-one very often anymore because I've focused on the podcast mastermind and my group training. Uh, So because of that, and public speaking as well, because of that, I have created a referral network of consultants. It's the Podcast Answer Man Referral Network. And uh, when people want to hire me one-on-one and they're not interested in joining an A to Z session, then if my own schedule is booked for several weeks or as it is right now, several months, then what I do is I refer them to those consultants and I get a commission for each of those referrals. So that's number five is making sure that I'm referring people to the right um, consultant who can help them with their specific needs. Number six in my business is equipment sales, but as long as they're automated. So I do have uh, number six as uh, my number six priority, selling equipment, but only in the packages as they're listed on my site at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. As a result of that, my assistant can process those orders for me. She's got step-by-step processes. She handles customer service on them. It's wonderful, and um, it really helps me to focus on those higher priorities, which is making sure that I'm uh, giving the podcast mastermind everything that I can give them to make that a worthwhile, worth, make it even more worthwhile, their invest, or worth their investment. Uh, easy for me to say. 
And also so I can focus on my podcasting A to Z course. And then, of course, number seven on my list of priorities is speaking at conferences. All right, speaking at conferences and actually working with New Media Expo. Um, and there, there will be a time, by the way, later this year um, that actually New Media Expo will actually bump into the number two spot. It'll be right under the podcast mastermind. Uh, and I'll put um, I'll put podcasting A to Z on the back burner for a little bit and swap those two out uh, because I you know I'm the director of podcasting for New Media Expo and put together the podcasting track for them. So anyway, that's my priorities. I told you I'd tell you number eight. Number eight on my priority list in my business is one-on-one coaching and consulting, and that's something I don't do very often because it requires time spent with one individual. And I only allow very few of those onto my schedule. So anyway, I have, as you can tell, I'm very clear about what my business priorities are. I usually only say yes to the top three or four things. Uh, and if it's below that, usually, you know, if, it, if it's not within those priorities, my answer is almost always going to be no. And uh, so I've, obviously, I've, I've organized myself in such a way that I know what I'm going to say yes to before you even ask. I know what I'm going to say no to before you even ask. And so that really helps me out. So even though I'm this organized and I have everything clearly outlined in such a way, there are still many days when I have just only one or two high priority items that I have to get done. I mean, just one or two things. And all day long is completely open on my schedule. There's not one appointment, not one commitment outside of these two. I I might have 10 or 15 uh, tasks to complete for the day. But when I look at it, there's really only one or two things that I have during this completely open day. And I cannot even begin to tell you the number of times where that has been the case. And at the end of the day, I worked my butt off and did not accomplish even one of those two high-priority items. Maybe I did a little bit of work. Maybe I, I moved the needle just a little bit further ahead. But by and large, just completely not done. Have you ever had those days? I, I it, it happens all the time for me, unfortunately. And so what happens is... There are times where I actually sit down at the begin the, the at the beginning of the day, and I'll grab either a, an online document, a piece of paper, sometimes, and I will sketch out exactly the list of things that I'm going to accomplish today and the order in which I'm going to do them. And I will not move down further on that list until I have accomplished the one above it. Yeah. I've made those lists and even still those did not work. Why? Well, it seems like I'm always in that email inbox. Remember I told you it's an addiction. I, I'm in there, I'm seeing what people have and and instead of saying, you know, instead of doing the task that I have said that I'm going to do, I take a break from it because I really don't want to do this right now. Um, whatever the case may be, it, it's going to take all day. I just need to to free my mind. I go to check my inbox, and all of a sudden, there's this question. It's like, oh man, that's urgent. I'm glad I saw that. Do this, do that. Before I know it, it's two and a half hours later, and I completely forgot about the fact that over there on that list of the things that I'm going to do today, I haven't even touched that. And so that is a real big problem. So I was so excited to 
actually learn about this application for the iPhone, iPad, whatever out there. Um, it's called 3030. Have you heard about this application? It is awesome. 3030 for the iPhone and for the iPad. What this application does, by the way, you can find this. It's a free application. You can find it on the website at 3030.binaryhammer.com. Again, that's 3030.binaryhammer.com. This application is about uh, work cycles. The original idea is that you work for 30 minutes and focus only on that one task and you set a timer. And for that 30 minutes, you shut out all distractions. Nothing else can be on your mind except for the one task that you have assigned for that 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes after that, take a break. Go do something else. Check your email. But limit that time as well. And then let's just say it's 10 minutes. You take 10 minutes out. And then for 30 more minutes, uninterrupted time, you're back at work. That is the idea between the 30-30 method. All right. Now, the 3030 application is a gorgeous looking application that is very difficult for me to explain in audio. But what I will tell you is it allows me to create little blocks of time in a list order. And so, for example, I will give you my 3030 starting last night. All right. So the first thing was six and a half hours of sleep. So that is a task that was on my list. And I said, you know, I'm going to sleep for six and a half hours. I clicked that last night and it calculated for me. It says, well, if you do this now, and, and I, I went ahead and started the process. It's like, okay, you're getting ready to go to sleep. If you, if you consider that you're going to bed right now, you're going to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. It's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. So then right after that, I created a task called morning routine, and it's la- and it's listed for one hour. So that gives me one full hour to do anything I want as far as morning routine. Morning routine can be, you know, just laying in bed and just thinking about the day, you know, whatever. Morning routine can be, you know, getting out and going and taking a shower. Uh, morning routine can be, uh, having my breakfast and, and me- reading a book or sitting back and relaxing for a little bit, but anything to keep me from immediately jumping into work. You know, just a, a little bit of quiet time, if you will, M- morning routine. All right, so after that, the next, and by the way, it'll tell me, it's like, okay, so if 6.30, from 6.30 to 7.30, and, and the th- thing I love is it tells me exactly what time I will begin that task and what time I will end that task. And so morning routine is up and it says, okay, what's your next one? And I would create a new task and these are different colors and I kind of like the fact that they're different colors and they have icons that you can choose. But anyway, the next task for me was inbox zero, all right? I'm going to give myself, and, and I set myself one hour for inbox zero. Now, overnight, there's usually enough emails in there to keep, uh, keep me occupied for several hours. However, there's this thing called, I think it's called Parkinson's Law. Um, anyway, it this this theory is that work, whatever task that you are working on, the amount of time that it takes to complete that task will always expand to the time that you allow for that task. And so if I allow myself two and a half hours to get to inbox zero, then it will take me two and a half hours to get to inbox zero. 
if I only allow myself one hour to get to inbox zero, then I'll get to inbox zero in one hour if I really force myself to do it. And it's a reality. And so, and here's the situation. The idea is that this one hour in the morning for me is that I'm going to uh, I'm going to work on my email inbox. I'm going to attempt to get to inbox zero within one hour. At the end of one hour, if I'm not at inbox zero, I'm done with that task. I'm going to move on to something else, which by the way, the next thing right after inbox zero for today was a green task called break. And it was for 10 minutes. And so it tells me, it's like from this time to this time, you're gonna take a 10 minute break. You're gonna get up out of your chair. You're gonna walk around. You're gonna go upstairs, grab a glass of water, do whatever, use the restroom, whatever it takes, just get up out of that chair and stop sitting in front of the computer for a few minutes. You know, take a breather. So if I did not complete the inbox zero, now if I want to, I can hit the tab, uh, a little button that allows me to add a couple more, a couple more minutes if I need to. And if I do, what I love about that is it immediately shifts the times of the start and finish of all the future tasks below it. And wow, this is awesome. If if it's like, okay, if I'm, and what I love about this, if I am saying, yes, I'm going to invest more of my minutes here, I have to understand that that's going to affect how many minutes I can associate to everything else. And seeing that push the the start and end times of all the other things that are listed on my day is amazing. So for example, when I say, you know what, I need 15 more minutes of inbox zero. Well, if I do that, and my day previously, I had scheduled all the tasks that I was going to do for the day, and when it actually says, spend time with family, three hours starting at four o'clock or five o'clock, well, all of a sudden, if I add 15 minutes to inbox zero in the morning, all of a sudden, my start time with the family start starts at 5.15 instead of 5 o'clock. And maybe that's okay, but then all of a sudden, you go in and you've got another task that you're working on, and you say, well, oh, I mean, I just need 20 more minutes on this. And so I hit, you know, add 20 more minutes. Next thing you know, it's like, ooh, wait a second. Now it's 5.35 when I start my family time. You know, and and I this is such a great concept of, of tracking this thing. So anyway, once you have this thing going, you get this timer at the top and and it just tells you. Like for example, I know that I have 21 minutes before uh, this podcast Answer Man episode should be online. Now, I can tell you I grossly under, underestimated the time that I would do in show prep today, so I'm a little bit off schedule. But the cool thing is, is I know what I have scheduled for the rest of the day, and when I need to make these adjustments... I know how it's going to impact all of those other things. And what I can do is I can actually say, you know what, this afternoon I have another inbox zero session and I'm going to have to reduce that from 30 minutes down to 15 minutes. And this is finally, this process of using this application has finally got me to the place where, you know what, I don't find myself distracted by all of these other things like Twitter and Facebook and and um and my email inbox because when when I am not in an inbox zero session or a task on this list, then my email inbox is closed. Now I have several inbox zero sessions scheduled within my day, depending on what day it is and where they fit in. 
But I'm actually at the place now where I'm checking my email in the morning after my morning routine for one hour and then I'm not checking my email inbox for at least two or three or four more hours and then I'm doing other projects, other minor minor things here and there and then I schedule another 30 or 45 minute block for inbox zero and then I'll go and do a couple more tasks and of course right before I end my day is one final inbox zero block of time. Guys, this may seem really difficult to understand without seeing it, but when you see the application, I will tell you it's a little confusing at first because everything's these little pinch and zooms and swipe to the right and swipe to the left and, and all of that stuff. Matter of fact, when my podcast mastermind members started recommending this, I looked at the application and it's like, wow, that looks really cool, have no idea how it works. And then I, I decided to get in there and read the little things and play around with it. And then as I started to play around with this application, I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. And as a result of using this application, I've been using it all week this week. And so far, I have created three brand new digital videos for uh, very high quality videos for podcasting A to Z, and that would have not been possible if it were not for this app, and not only did I create three brand new videos, one of which, by the way, is an hour and 45 minutes, it took about, uh, it. gosh, what was it, I can't, re- I think it took about 20 or 25 hours total to put into it over the course of three days, but not only did I create that, but I maintained inbox zero the entire way. I'm at inbox zero right now. Well, except for the fact there's probably two or three or five or maybe 10 emails since then. But you know what? That's for another 30-minute inbox zero session later today. So I figured I would share this with you. Um, If you're like me, you're trying to stay organized, you like to stay at inbox zero, you'd like to become an expert at saying no, maybe you need help clarifying your your priorities of the things that you're going to say yes to and the things that you know you're going to say no to. But when you've done all of that and you're still having a hard time uh, figuring things out, an application like this can help you figure in. It's like, listen, you know what? If you feel it's important to check your Twitter and your Facebook and stuff like that, schedule 10 minutes. Put a 10-minute schedule on that. Um, if you feel like it's important for you to walk on a treadmill, then put that block of time in there. If it's important for you to to go and have lunch and not eat lunch at your desk, put it in there and, and make wise choices with each of those wonderful gifts that we have every single day, those minutes that uh, make up our day. Anyway, my friends, that is the 3030 application in iTunes uh, or in the iOS. I'm going to go ahead and hit the button right here. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I hope that uh, that little last segment, and of course, especially if you listen to that, you get the application, spend, literally plan, plan this, all right? Plan two hours of your weekend to figure this application out. Two hours of your weekend to figure this application out and see if it doesn't change your life. It's changed mine. I'm excited about it. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Podcast Answer Man. Uh, The only thing that I'm going to promote here at the end of this show is my podcast, Mastermind. If you have 
been dreaming of leaving your day job, you are creating a brand on the side, you're planning on becoming self-employed, or maybe you're already self-employed, you've recently left your job, or you're already in your day job, or you're in your working for yourself, and you want to be surrounded with like-minded individuals, people who are trying to figure a way to, to take things in their business, their brand, to the next level. Focusing on personal and professional development. That, my friends, is what the Podcast Mastermind is all about. I get very clear about this over at podcastmastermind.com. That'll forward you to episode 246 of Podcast Answer Man. I encourage you to listen to that full episode about the Podcast Mastermind. And if you're interested, check out all the written information on the page. And at the bottom of podcastmastermind.com, there is an application you can fill out. It is a one-year minimum commitment. There are no refunds offered. And the cost is $297 a month or $3,067 a year. So obviously, we're looking for individuals who are extremely serious about this whole investment into their personal and professional growth. But uh, there are almost 50 members of the Podcast Mastermind, and we do have a few openings in a few of our groups. So if you're interested in that, check it out at podcastmastermind.com. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you. And until next time, I encourage you to take everything that you do to the next level.